0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon everybody, it is 5 o'clock Pacific Time on a Wednesday It is, what is it today, the 22nd, 2 2017 in America And guess what, we're still fighting a battle of prohibition Prohibition against the people of America about a plant About one single plant the cannabis indica, well, three versions of it the cannabis indica, the cannabis sativa, and of course, don't forget the cannabis ruderalis plant. All three plants are illegal under the federal government's Controlled Substances Act. And it doesn't really matter what the states say or do because people are still getting arrested, people are still getting charged, people are still getting um, tried, convicted. They're still taking plea deals, and it doesn't really matter what the law says if people are still going to jail for a plant. And let's just take us to a place where we get better. Let's take us to a place where, um, say, I don't know, 40% of the states are seldom arresting people for pot are seldom uh, creating new felons, are seldom seizing property. Do you think that that's okay? Is that going to be enough? What about the states that have legalized? What about the states that have uh, enacted legislation that allows for some limited use of recreational cannabis? What does that do for the medical people? What has it done the medical people. We've had a lot of discussions about that. Um, We will not be done until there's nobody in jail, until you can't get locked up for this, until possessing, cultivating, distributing, transporting, and all those lovely things of the cannabis plant would be no different than that of the tomato plant or any other type of a plant that um, might be uh, considered... Some sort of a supplement or uh, or a food source or um, a medicine if you will we have to think in a way that makes common sense and I, I, I love the people that are pushing for legalization because they're people not because they're pushing for legalization I love the people that believe in a rule of law because More or less, I believe in a rule of law. I believe in a rule of law that says we have a constitution that's a good one, and our constitution basically says that we have inalienable rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and as long as we're not taking away somebody else's right of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, we should be doing all right. But if you look at the criminal code of your state, your county, um, your health and safety code, the federal criminal code if you look at all of those you will see volumes you'll see gigantic books with rules that govern the minutia of our lives and we've turned into a rule of laws into one giant cluster and i mean that you know um you know what it takes to undo a law another law well maybe we should start having some of those undo laws repeal laws we could there's nothing stopping us um We don't ask for it enough, and then we don't get it. So, you know, people talk about the, uh, you know, passing a new law, always passing a new law. Now we have a law that allows this, allows that. Well, why is it prohibited to begin with? A bad law. Why don't we just repeal that bad law? Repeal them all, all the bad laws. Take them off the books. We can do that. Your legislator can put in a bill to repeal any federal law that's on the books. Any single one. You know, people said, well, Obama was in office for eight years. Well, why can't he just end this with the sign of a pen? Well, he couldn't. There's no executive order that's going to undo a law. Executive powers are laid out in the Constitution. And it allows for certain things to be directly under the control of the chief executive, which is our president, like it or not. How the Constitution is read It was written that way And unless we change it, it remains Well The same thing holds true with the Controlled Substances Act It's a law, it's a federal law Congress passed it Both sides of, of Congress signed it And the President signed it into law Okay, just like any other law The only way it gets undone Is either a law that changes it Or a law that repeals it And we could do that it would not be difficult. It'd be easier, easier to undo that law than any other solution of passing a law that allows for states rights. Hey, that's the next best thing in my book. I would actually be happy, at least if we had that, because then the federal government would no longer be in control of this, and then it would, it would be a, a federal crime only if the states wanted it to be so. Right now, the states that don't allow it rely upon the federal law, for their position I've heard them many many times Legislators say well I've sworn an oath to uphold the constitution So I, the federal law is the supreme law of the land And I can't uh, support something that would go against them. Well that's a cop out Truth is we have a 10th amendment That does allow states to be independent Sovereign states They're not, they're not um, indentured states They're sovereign states Every state is its own entity That is separate from all the other states and the federal law of the land is the land that binds us together with laws of commerce and, and, and uh, defense. And there's a few limited things that the federal law is supposed to govern, not who gets to grow what plant. And so that, you know, we've had all of these conversations over and over again. Why am I talking about this again? Well, I'm talking about it again because it's important. Um, We talk about the human solution and who we are, why we're here, what we do, what sets us apart from the others. Well, that's one of the big things that sets us apart from the others. Uh, Excuse me, a cup of Joe would be not complete without a sip of Joe. Um, Before we get going deeper into this, let's look and see what we've got going on here. If you wish to call into this show, all you have to do is pick up your phone and dial six four six. 929-2495 Nine two nine two four nine five, And I'm sitting here in my little home office And I have with me the Vice President of the Human Solution, Lisa Wooldridge Sitting by my side and she'll be helping me uh, do the show today She's also uh, broadcasting or podcasting or simulcasting or some sort of casting, um, we're, casting. we're casting for sure um, On Periscope and that's what's going on. So uh, this is being broadcast on. How is it? We're going sometimes on Facebook, sometimes on Twitter, and wherever else we can get to. So if you see this, share it. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, this is this is a show that uh, is not sponsored by anybody, by any company. Uh, we don't have commercials. We don't have uh, FCC regulations. We can we can slip in an f bomb if we want to. Um, we can. Uh, talk without giving caller ID stamps every 12 minutes or whatever the FCC rules are. We don't have any of that. Uh, That gives us a blank canvas to do anything we want. What we've decided, um, the leadership team of the Human Solution, is that we're going to use this as a public forum. If we don't have uh, a special guest come aboard, if we don't have a specific topic um, that is really uh, germane to today's issues, um, we have the work of the day, we have the human solution um, as an organization that's a constantly changing, constantly growing, uh, dynamic organization that is fueled by volunteers. Uh, we organize events and activities and actions uh, often, most of the time, uh, through our conference calls. And every Tuesday and Thursday and every other time we need to, we hop on a conference call, and wherever we may be uh, in any state of the union or even outside of the country, we get together on this call and we figure out what's up next, and we do this regularly. So we said, why don't we open this conversation up to the general community? We thought, you know, as we're making decisions about the human solution um, and and the kind of work that we do and, and what's important and where are we putting attention to, Um, Why don't we open this up to the general public, to our listenership, to our members? And that's what we've decided to do. (coughs) So we're going to be discussing a number of items um, that the Human Solution is is currently working on. One of them is going to be a uh, brochure or, I'm sorry, a questionnaire that we recently spent about a month putting together the answers to. Uh, the Human Solution has been in, in existence since, uh, what was it, 2010, 2009, I think is when we first incorporated, and uh, we had a fairly simple mission, um, but since that time, uh, people have come aboard and brought new things into our, our mission, and we expanded it from just educating and supporting defendants to um, the whole prison outreach thing, and we got into that. And then we've opened up into um, uh, general education with jury nullification, jury rights, days, and things like that. Um, We've educated, uh, we've we've set up this legal team, this legal clinic. Uh, We're putting together a team of legal experts, of expert witnesses, of uh, um, attorneys, paralegals, and all of that. And then recently, more recently, we've opened up our mission a little bit more to include veterans' rights and disabled folks' rights. Um, And they're all going to be, as they apply to the war on drugs, victims of this war on drugs, the consequences of prohibition, um, you can tie a lot of things to that. So... You know, we have the Chris Lewandowski case. We're going to talk about his case a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about the progress being made or, or not made. Uh, we're going to talk about um, our new brand. You know, the Human Solution created a ribbon. As you can see right here, i got this lovely solidarity ribbon that I wear proudly uh, more often than not. And, you know, that's been, in a lot of ways, our brand. Um, then a couple of years back, we came up with this, what we considered to be a logo, but it was never really a logo. It was more like a, like a, a label that you'd put on the back of your T-shirt. It was, a, it was, it was an identifier. It was some sort of a, of, a, of a brand mark, but it wasn't really a logo. A logo is a very specific type of art, and it embodies uh, the soul of the company in an image. And we actually came up with a really good one for the UCCA, um, and if you look at that, that logo, it actually tells a lot about the organization, about the coalition, about the, the UCCA. So we're going to be working on doing the same thing for the human solution. We're also going to be opening up um, the website a little bit more. We've narrowed it down in some ways. We've, we've backed off of some of the prison outreach details because we uh, a lot of the people that were heavily involved in that work, have since gone on and done their own work. And so the, the upkeep of, of following so many inmates as to where they're at currently and what's going on with them currently, uh, we just haven't had the, uh, the manpower to, to handle that. Um, so we've, we've decided we're moving forward with this legal clinic. We believe that you know if people can have access to resources, uh, legal papers, Um, a legal library, all sorts of resources to uh, help you solve a problem, help you figure out, well, if I am charged with this, what are my options? What can I do? And to have a directory and to have um, uh, successfully argued motions, writs, and and other legal papers, uh, to have a template to uh, do a temporary restraining order, Uh, step-by-step guides in some of these processes, dealing with CPR or CPA, CPU, CPS, Child Protective Services or DFS, DCF, all of those different things, all of the different uh, uh, child protection agencies around the nation, Uh, dealing with federal court, state court, uh, criminal court, uh, civil court, family court, all of these things. This is one of the things that we spend, the Human Solution spends an inordinate amount of time in the courtroom. In fact, myself and some of the other ardent court supporters have probably spent more time in uh, trial court than many attorneys currently practicing. And we watch these things. We've learned things. There's no reason that we can't take what we've learned and just put it out there for everybody to have available and to open it up as an open source, a wiki that anybody can contribute to. Of course, we will vet it. Um, and and you know it'll become a nationwide, possibly a worldwide resource. Um, we've been working with uh, Bobby Rodrigo who is actively working with a number of legal uh, organizations and we've discovered that this is there's really a vacuum in the uh, in the legal world of a resource like this. why? because It's something that somebody would likely capitalize on pretty easily. And if they were to, you know, set up something that had the tools of like Alexis, Nexus, or something like that, where there's all these legal access to court records that are currently active, somebody's got to pay for this. Well, we're going to put it up as an open source um, resource that the Human Solution offers. Uh, We're hoping to get some kind of grant funding or, or some donors to help us to boost it up, but frankly, we're, we've always been volunteer-driven. We've always, you know, kept ourselves held up with the strength of each other, and we've done what we can do, and it's, it's growing. It's, it's, it's come a long way in the last year. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to talk about some of the cases that we're dealing with, and we're going to talk about it's springtime once again. Uh, it's a time of new growth. It's not quite springtime, but it's almost springtime. And it's time for us to talk about growth. How are, how are we going to move forward this year? How are we going to grow our organization? Um, how are we going to raise some funds? You know, this is one of those things As we're not a money-oriented or, money organization, but yet it costs money to do anything. If we want to print uh, more brochures, if we want to create a new brochure, if we want to make business cards for the staff, if we want to, um, you know, make a T-shirt, if we want to uh, – even keep the website up and running. Everything costs money. And we rely upon our members for the donations that keep that going. So what I'm going to do is remind everybody that this show, A Cup of Joe, is brought to you by the Coffee Party Radio Network. And the Coffee Party Radio Network has programming every single day on this very channel. And I encourage you to pop on in, listen to listen Look at the list of shows. I don't have it sitting right in front of me, but I believe I'm supposed to be co- guest hosting uh, the Lunch with Loudon show tomorrow. So uh, it'll likely be a fairly short show. Um, but nonetheless, if callers call in and have things to discuss, I'm more than glad to run the show. It's full. It's full length. Um, it's going to be an update on world events. Uh, what's happening? Um, with the activist world, what are the people uh, clamoring for, what are they doing, where are they doing it, and who's doing it, um, and that's going to be the gist of the Lunch with Loudon show tomorrow at noon Pacific time on this very same channel, very same number. Now, if you're on the show right now listening through your computer, um, and you are want to chime in on a conversation, or you have a question, a comment, um, a joke, um, uh, a critique, any sort of of uh, interaction, as long as it's not um, harmful or rude or something that we wouldn't find um, entertaining, um, all you have to do is hang up your phone and call back. And I believe right now uh, we've got Becca screening, and Becca, thank you for jumping in. Um, All you got to do is dial 646-929-2495. And if somebody has the ability to uh, send uh, non-compliant Mary a message, I would love to have her join uh, the conversation here. Even if she doesn't uh, screen, um, somebody has the ability to text her or give Mary Donnelly a call, please do so. Um, All right, so before we get going, I think what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna switch gears for a second. And we have Tom Corby and Dr. Allen on the line. With a NorCal update. So rather than going to the very, very end of the show, um, we're gonna go ahead and bring up Tom Corby and Doc Allen to see what's going on up at NorCal. Alright, I hope I didn't throw you guys for a loop, but uh welcome to the show and I'm gonna give you your time in the beginning of the show rather than the end. Oh, Tom Corby, right. are you there? Yeah, yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear.
2: All right, good. So, you caught me with my pants down, Joe. That's how we like it. I'm always ready to go. Uh, I'm down in the man cave down here. We're flooding. Now, first thing in the uh, course. Uh, we're praying for all those out there. Uh, that Almost 200,000 had to evacuate because of our dam here. And again... Uh, this has been on the agenda for a lot of several years. And we know sometimes that, uh, we, we cut the money, the money gets short and it's always followed the money. And where does it go? So, uh, thankfully we have this break and, um, uh, I'm going I'm going upstairs now. Joe's been here and he does always a of visit and, uh, So
1: the panels
2: uh, I'm going up to. I'm going up to the.
1: Don't worry, Doc. It's only oh, We love that. Uh,
2: I'm up during the stairway of sh- this room with uh, Doctor Allen and uh, and Don and my friend Ricky from many years and. Uh,
0: has
2: yeah, some good news to report about his case. A little bit. Come on, uh, maybe, yeah, They got you know, me. Um,
0: good evening, Joe.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: I'm doing fine.
1: Welcome <laughs> to the show. Well, thank you
0: for having me. Uh, uh, I don't know exactly what to say about the medical board, but I understand that they're going to renegotiate this uh, probation. So i've been assigned a new probation officer he's actually not a probation officer he's a senior investigator so i'm not sure what that means uh my attorney matt pappas is in is supposed to be uh, in communication with the prosecutor
1: and uh arranging. Yes, i spoke with matt today um and as you know matt's uh matt's a, a a squirrely one hard to get a hold of sometimes but um he did give me an update today, and he he seemed to indicate that he believes that you're likely going to be getting your license back.
0: Well, that's really good news. I'm I'm really fortunate to have uh, Matt work for me like that.
1: Well, hopefully it plays out that way. I I don't know any details other than he he seemed to be very positive about that as a possible outcome, at very least.
0: Well I'm very hopeful as well, so we'll um, see how that plays out
1: excellent excellent anything uh anything else happen solution human solution wise up in your you're in the sacramento area anything uh interesting going on out there
0: well, uh, I just got back from Thailand and I spoke to a guy named Don land who uh is working with the uh ministry there to uh bring canvas to Thailand now, so legal canvas uh it's currently canvas is not legal in Thailand
1: yeah, go so figure, was, huh i uh yeah, I know Don or I know I know of him through a very close mutual friend um and I know he's been doing a lot of work out there for a while, so hopefully uh hopefully he's making the inroads that he's been setting out to for many years.
3: Have you met,
0: yeah. So and right. uh, I'm, oh. I'm going to Vancouver tomorrow, so
1: Wow, you're quite the world traveler these days. Yeah. Uh
0: there's a private cup I'm going to attend to. So we'll see how that goes. I'll probably post something right. on Facebook. All
1: right. Uh, I look forward to hearing about it.
0: All right, thank you much.
1: All right. All right, All right, thanks. All right thanks, Doc. Uh, Alright that was Dr. David Allen And now we're back to Tom Corby Who I believe is now firmly situated Upstairs
4: <laughs>
1: uh,
4: Yes
2: And uh, So we have uh, The Benos uh, In their third day of trial And uh, the last the Only thing James actually posted That he's up for 17 And his kids for 17 Charges of felonies And uh, opposed to uh, Alex Lyons' cases, he only we got it down with our attorney, uh, Stefana Famino uh, down to only two charges. And the way I understand with AMA that uh, once you get three or uh, more than three, they go to felonies. So thankfully, that Alex only has two, and he's coming up, uh, Right here at number one Court Street in Oroville uh, And there many 23rd. a time Right, yes, oh, good, thank you uh, You caught me again And uh, don't get to
1: breathe <laughs> That's all right, we're, we're, we're yeah. shooting from the hip the Right, Donna
2: All right, so, and that uh, course, they, uh Alex's case is unique because he did uh, waive his rights to waive times and taken them straight to trial, as is Nick Moran on his way back down from, uh, from Joshua Tree and Death Valley. He's coming up March 2nd here uh, uh, for his TAC a trial assignment conference with Joseph Tully uh, at 8.30 a.m. Uh, so uh, local court supports always requested uh, most of these uh, just go on and like Joseph said uh, you can't keep going a long ways you must save uh, for priorities and most of them are continuance as well Shelby's again here we go Joe oh my god after 50 continuance in Sacramento now
3: uh, yes. And
1: they're going to trial now And they wouldn't take it, they're taking it to trial Good, man Joe, yeah, I spoke I, I with Shelby a couple of days ago And um, She I, I'm i trying to put her in touch with Mary Donnelly um, And I, I, I Was hoping Mary was going to be here with us Today, but she's not um, But uh, Shelby said that She was trying to She went in today, I guess they had a Or yesterday, I don't know, one of these Last couple of days uh, they were doing a settlement conference, and apparently the judge had uh requested that they settle the case uh if the case is, they it somehow went back to the original judge uh either that signed the warrant or that uh, did the bail reduction hearing or both and the judge was shocked that this case was still in the works you know it's it's several years later almost uh well it's more than three years later anyways um the judge said, you know, you you guys need to settle this case. And unfortunately, uh, her ex-husband, Gus, had priors. And so um, they don't want to let go of this one. There's a personal beef involved with this. And so um, I I told her, I said, well, you know, Mary Donnelly was able to uh, negotiate the sweetest deal I've ever seen, and she ended up getting basically a spitting-on-the-sidewalk ticket ticket and no criminal record, and they gave her her stuff back. And I said, I, you know, that's a deal anybody would take. Um, But she tried to get, I guess she sent me a message uh, today or yesterday saying that she attempted to get a code enforcement violation, and they would not accept it. So um, I don't know. You know, it gets complicated when you have somebody coming in with priors. Most of our cases that the Human Solutions Supports our first-time offenders, um, we've had very few uh, repeat offenders, so we don't really typically have to deal with the complications uh, that come where a court sees somebody that keeps coming back and reoffending for whatever it is, whether it's for cannabis crime or something else. Um, you know, they tend to be pretty harsh about that. So um, hopefully we can get Mary and uh Shelby together and Mary can give some of her, uh, um, her little tricks. Um, all right. Anything else going on up there?
2: Uh, now Eddie left is completely free. And all right uh, Heard. down there are a few
1: others. too. you. Uh, you know what? This is Craig Cecil calling in, uh, Tom, I'm going to, have you sit down just for a second? Get your thoughts together.
4: We have a great paid call. And oh, we're going right, to Craig. This call.
1: Let's call is from
4: an inmate at a federal prison. This
1: call
4: is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up.
1: To Hello, Craig. How are you doing today? Can you hear me?
4: Yes, I can.
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
4: Very good,
1: very good. I had a great weekend last week. I'm still kind of reveling in my good news. Oh, tell me about it. I I need some good news. It's been a a trying first part of the year. Uh
4: Uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, my good news is is I got a visit for two days last weekend from a first cousin of mine, Scott. Oh, nice. Yes, and I haven't seen him, of course, since... Before I got arrested over 15 years ago, so, wow. I mean it was really, I mean we we just yelled like you know we had talked last wow. weekend. I mean it was really fun. Well, that's, it, it did raise a question with me though. Yes. Is there's nine of us cousins so, um, and he's the only one that corresponds with me. And he said that when he mentioned he was coming to visit me, a bunch of friends, and even other family members tried to talk him out of it. What? And so my question is, why are people afraid of people in prison or, you know, what's there? I I mean, I, I'm really confused. I'm really baffled
1: by that. You know what, Craig? I, 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 on, on such a smaller scale, I know exactly what you're talking about. As soon as I got arrested... And, you know, I got arrested. I, I got thrown in jail four different times during my case. Um, and I watched what happened to people, just the fact that I had been locked up. And people looked at me like I had some kind of a, of, of a, of a disease. And uh, it was very um, disconcerting. People that I had known for many years, uh, decades, um family members um uh, you know uh even partners in crime so to speak i i i have um there's a, such a stigma about somebody who has been behind bars for any reason and it it's frightening because that number of people that have ever been locked up is exponentially higher than it's ever been and you know, per capita, the number of people in America that have been locked up per capita, it continues to go up. And yet, those people that haven't been locked up still have this, you know, uh, phobia, this un, uh, irrational fear. And 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 I don't know what the I don't know what it's about, but it's very disconcerting. It's, I couldn't understand at all why would these people be afraid of me? And, you know, these
4: are. A lot of the cousins said, you know, we corresponded regularly, and, you know, we kind of grew
1: up somewhat around each other, you know, and he's the only one that, you know, and he even asked uh, his own brothers to correspond with me, and they both just said no. You know. Wow. You know, it's it's really sad. I, I know that um, I have a huge family, um, and when I was going through my case, and, and everybody's local, everybody's. You know, 95% of all my relatives are in California. And when when I went through my trial and when I was locked up, guess how many of my relatives um, supported me at my trial or visited me when I was locked up? How many? Well, my daughters and my wife, and my dad showed up a couple of times, and his wife showed up a bunch of times. And that's it my brother showed up one day of my trial and that was it that was it and i have like i said i have a hundred first cousins and 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 that's not a joke (laughs) and uh yeah yeah And, and and nephews and nieces and and aunts and uncles and and nobody nobody it was it was horrible my own mom turned her back on me for this it was really brutal and this cousin had to travel 500
4: miles, which the, really the rest of my family would have been about half a well, mile, shoot. It's is about 120, 140 miles from here. <laughs> and he was the only one that came to visit. Well,
1: you know, you've got to think about this, Craig. Um, I was just in county lockup waiting for a trial. You're serving a life prison sentence in federal prison. You must be some kind of a dangerous creature. <laughs> I'm joking of course. I don't know how they get that you know, Yeah, no, I, I know, them. I get it, yeah. I mean and that's the problem. If people don't see the reality of this. People think, Oh, you know what, pot's legal, the feds don't do anything, everything's good, and meanwhile you're sitting here in federal prison serving a life sentence calling me from a shithole up in Arizona or in Indiana and and there's a lot of people like you doing the same thing and people just don't get it. And, and, you know, they, they, they assume there must have been something else. They assume, you know, the government doesn't just do ridiculous things like this at, at, at an individual's expense. Um, well, they assume wrong. And, you know, that's part of what this is all about, um, correcting this problem of, of ignorance, you know. I mean, and it's not just about prohibition. Uh, you know, if, if the world understood the truth about the cannabis plant, we wouldn't have prohibition. But I think if the world understood the way that the, the criminal justice system works, it might be changed as well. And I, that's a, equally a problem, unfortunately. I mean, if my own,
4: let's call it from a federal prison. And aunts and uncles and the like are that afraid of me. You know, no wonder people come out of prison and can't get a job. I mean, how do you expect somebody that, you know, has never known you to accept you if, you know,
1: uh, your aunts and uncles and, you know, close family won't accept you? Oh, I know. I know. And that was the biggest heartbreak for me was was people that knew me, you know. I mean, people that knew me. And if you ever knew me, you knew I was never here to hurt anybody. I never would have done anything wrong for for the, that that had a a victim. I'm not a person who has victims. And and yet those same very people who spent time with me who who have shared my life in some small way or large way, even some people that had lived with me before. No, they were teachers or doctors or whatever and they couldn't be associated with the likes of me cuz something bad might happen to them. It, it's it's really tragic is what it is. It's a it's a it's a it's a real tragedy to see that our human existence is so fragile that we're afraid. I mean, it's all fear, you know. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of of, of not of, of of phantoms, you know, things that aren't real. Um, but it doesn't change it. That the real victim is you, and the real the the the, the real uh, uh, perpetrator is this war on drugs. And you know that's that. That's why I I so ardently want to change it, you know, it's so funny, I I look at people and I look, I literally today as I was preparing for the show, I, I came upon this old notebook and I opened up the notebook and what do you think was inside of it? Notes that I took on my own trial and I was reading these notes that were from my own trial going, holy shit. I, I, you know, I, I went back to that place for a second, and I, I, I quickly put it aside. I said I don't need to go back there. And and I and I thought about, you know, all the things that had changed in my life because of it. And and I've known so many people that have been locked up for this, and watched their families fall apart. When they finally got out of prison, they didn't have a wife anymore. Their kids wouldn't talk to them anymore. They didn't have friends. You know, and and they might have had a handful that stuck by them, or 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 they met later on. But you know, very few marriages survive uh, a prison stand of more than five years. It's um, it's pretty crazy. Yes, it
4: is. And uh, recently, uh, an article came out. Uh, I forgot the publication, but it was written by John Nock. And you know, he and I are basically in the same situation. we were both. Both first-time offenders, both lifers, and both turned down for clemency. The gist of the article is, is, you know, why are we still locked up when we look at the list of people that were freed? And, you know, the people that are getting relief from changes in the law. Because, you know, like here, uh, one of the people commuted from here that, I mean, I, I knew him at least by name. He was a terrorist. <laughs> wow. Was part of a terrorist cr- group that blew up uh, restaurants back in the 70s. He was part of, I think it was called the PLN or something. It was a, a Puerto Rican, you know, terrorist group. Wow. But they had killed five people injured, something like 140 altogether, and the president commuted him. Wow. They that, had to go way. and get him out of here at 3 o'clock in the morning
1: so they could take him somewhere hidden where his victims' families couldn't find him. <laughs> wow. Wow. And and the government wow. is willing to go through that much trouble to protect the safety of a dangerous person. And yet they're also willing at the same time uh to house and, and feed and torture you and the likes of uh you know, like John and some of the others that are still uh still locked up and, and, and don't have uh, a viable end in sight. I mean, you know, we're we're gonna keep going until you get out. So to me there is an end in sight. But if I was in your shoes I don't know if I would see it that way. it's just so hard to uh you know, to maintain this. When we had the perfect storm, you know, you were the recipient of the perfect storm and it passed right by. But
4: one thing is is John's John's article is probably a lot Softer than I would have been. <laughs> Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> like one comparison I make is possession with the intent to distribute of marijuana carries up to life imprisonment. And as you know, people get life for that. Possession with the intent to distribute nuclear bomb-making materials, including fizzle material, carries up to 15 to prison. Uh,
1: what would you wear <laughs> the <think somebody distributed? laughs> Oh my God you know and, and, and most people just don't know that. most people, you know some of the salient points you brought up uh, with the with the uh, exposure for a rape case, violent violent crimes even even in many cases murder, uh, manslaughter, uh, uh, gross bodily harm of many types, uh, I mean hell espionage, I mean so many different things are are not life sentences, and yet here you sit.
4: And with with no sight, you know, with, you know, no end in in sight, I mean, they are talking about, again, you know, putting uh, issues before Congress regarding criminal justice and regarding sentencing and regarding people in prison, but I haven't heard any talk yet about, as you know, my suggestion to make Drug crimes the same as non-murder violent crimes. Yeah, but they only carry up to 20 years in prison. Yeah, only 20
1: years, sure. You know, I mean, you, you know, grow a plant, fix a truck, get 20 years or more. Sure, that seems, you know, we got to keep the dangerous ones out of out of society, right? Right. <laughs> I told you about
4: my cellmate that left here about a year ago. He had robbed three different banks in three different states. It didn't, you know, snitch on anybody, or the, there was nothing special about his case. His sentence was thirty three
2: months. Wow, wow.
4: So, so kicking of time diamond halfway house time and all that. He really only spent two years in prison.
1: Unbelievable. It's 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 completely unbelievable. And you know, I, I remember Marilyn Green. She spent two years in the camp, and she had like twenty plants in her basement. You know, uh, I got, we I got Cher Christie sitting in, in uh, uh, Arizona right now. She's got Let's two call years, from a
4: settlement. And,
1: and she was part of a ministry in Hawaii. You know, I mean, this is the big crime, uh, you know, it, administering uh, cannabis as a sacrament. Um, unbelievable what the government's willing to do. And, you know, clearly it didn't matter eight years of Obama, eight years of Bush's, and here we are in another administration the federal government seems to operate autonomous from its presidency. The only difference was the clemency that could be written. Um, and, you know, like you said, record number of people got released or got clemency, but they somehow chose a bunch of the wrong ones and not the right ones. Well, right. the uh, vote on marijuana in California was kind of close, but I think... That was more the way the law was structured than so many people voted for it. If they would have just wrote a, a one sentence bill that said, you know, decriminalize marijuana. Yeah, repeal it. Well, that, the, first house, the first part of my tirade this, today was about repealing it's a law. Just take the bad ones out. That's all you got to do. Just take them out. Well, listen, Craig, your first beep just went. That means you got a few seconds till the second beep, and a few seconds more. You got the floor.
4: Okay, but again, thanks for thanks for shining a light on us behind the razor wire here to let the public know that there is people in prison for serving life without parole for marijuana. I mean, so many people don't know that, but thanks to you and so many others, more and more people are, are learning that. And if there's going to be help for us, that's where it's going to come from, is from the people that were educated by
1: all of you. And there he goes. Craig Cecil. Calling from Terre Haute, Indiana, federal prison, one of the shittiest places on earth, and um, he's serving a life sentence in this place. His crime, fixing trucks that were um, used to smuggle marijuana and not ratting, and uh, he ended up doing all the time. Everybody else involved in this big uh, sting um, is already out, and Craig's the last one, and he's got a life sentence without possibility of parole. All right, so we're going to move forward here. Um, we have Nurse Julie from uh, the American Cannabis Nurses Association, going to be joining us <clears up throat> here in just a minute. I'm going to give Tom Corby a chance to wrap up his NorCal update, and then we're going to bring up Becca, Kathy, and we have uh, Lisa and myself, and we're going to have a conversation with Nurse Julie and uh, talk about the future of the human solution. So Tom, you got the floor. Let's uh, wrap up your update and then we will continue down the road with the show. Okay. Uh, to update, and I'm going to get it to the human
2: solution org calendar. You can go there uh, and post your cases and muster uh, up court support. Uh, she's gone for her. When we uh, Shelby Vicero, when we say she's going for a jury trial, it's actually the trial collection. Even if it gets that far, Obviously, uh, you we don't have the court report there's a hundred you're gonna have to pick a hundred jurors. Uh, so that's March seventh at eight forty five AM at 729th street in Sacramento. Uh they'll be always welcomed and thanks to us. It's a sport we come it's hard to believe We still go on and on after all Well if they years. pick
1: a jury I may come up there for a couple of days Of the trial um, Hopefully you know they'll come to their senses The way they did with Mary at the last second um, And uh, You know that's how it is But I can fly up to Sacramento And uh, fly back You know do a two day stint um, Got a lot of things happening right now So I'm trying to Manage my time best as I can But anytime somebody takes it to the box They, uh, you know, have my full attention Because that's what we're all about So, um, that's good to know Just, we gotta, gotta keep these calendar dates on the calendar I keep seeing people passing around Facebook dates And I don't see those I do see the calendar dates on the calendar though So, I'm really hoping that we start to You know, it's you know funny, Tom Corby We spend almost 50 bucks a month on that website and that's money that is uh, donated by our volunteers and our memberships. And that website is a good good website. The calendar is a great calendar. And it has a lot of features that if we were to use it more, it would have more value. So I'm really going to encourage everybody. Um, you know, it's your calendar. It's your website. You all pitch together to make it happen i'm a 420 member just like so many others and if it wasn't for those 420s that coming in every month uh it'd be a harder thing to do so um you know this yeah. is one of the things that we're going to be talking about a little bit later but you know we have this great website that uh, you know we've had a great team and becca nichols has been working real hard keeping it um, current and and bringing it up to speed and um it 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 can be a very useful resource for anybody in the world. So just really encourage you guys to put those calendar dates up and uh, people can RSVP to them. You can share them on social networking. You can tweet them. You can Facebook them. You can Instagram them. You can do anything with them. Yes. So
2: Joe, to wrap it up, uh, when we talk about.
1: I'm sorry, uh, Tom, I'm getting all over your, uh, your, your update today. I usually just let you wander, but I'm. I'm uh I'm I am uh i i i i am here to knock you off your toes a little bit today. I don't know why. I'm just honored today, I guess.
4: <laughs>
1: All right, so
2: Heidi Grossman with Eddie Lab, bless her heart. Uh she's uh hosting uh the second uh O N A C Unity uh ministry uh meeting in Sacramento. Uh that that's on March fourth. Uh, Saturday at 4:30 to 6:30 p.m. in Sacramento, uh, with Reverend Eddie Left, and also a new friend, Reverend Jeff Sanderson from Conk Town, Hill up here in North uh, also uh, with Rachel Wheatman, uh, with uh, Larry Kellerman. You remember Conika Kellerman's case uh, with Rachel Wheatman. Oh, hold maybe your maybe phone the-
1: closer to your mouth, Tom. You're sounding real muffled. Did, did, did what? Closer to your mouth. Sounding really muffled. Put your Stop closer to your that. mouth.
4: There you go. I you got
1: 70,000 70, <laughs> listeners are trying to hear what you're saying right now. And it, <laughs> it, right. I, I don't want to have to translate because I'm not very good at it.
2: Right. I appreciate it. I had it over there listening. I'm just used to listening. Anyway, so uh, Jeff Sanderson and. uh They're both reverends, and with this church ministry, we have a uh, a community meeting, uh, and all people are invited to come. uh, And of course, our goal and vision is to end prohibition finally and free all our POWs, like Craig Cecil. Uh, So, that address is actually at 7323 home. uh, He's Sacramento. Right. And, uh four thirty to six thirty is uh Saturday March fourth. And uh we're looking forward to uh hanging hanging with uh Icon Eddie Lap and uh many friends down there and I want to think. Well get a ribbon Joe for
1: him. I don't know that uh, he's he was locked up I by... I know we've sent him all kinds of cards and stuff, but I don't know that he's ever had an official ribbon, so make sure he gets one. A oh, ribbon?
4: Ribbon. Uh, be, be sure, to get, the ribbon. Get be the sure to get him a ribbon. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. We can use some
2: ribbons, ladies, to come on make your own. Yeah,
1: <laughs> if not, uh, we'll send awesome. you up some from down here. Yeah, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, you guys, yeah, go yeah, listen. Some, they give you a reason to come up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Need ribbons. Got to have to come on up and hand deliver them.
4: Road <laughs> trip. All,
1: right, all right, Tom. Well, listen, um, I, I will be likely coming up there either for Shelby's trial or um, Aaron O'Neill's trial, whichever comes first, um, and it'll they'll both be up in the Sacramento area. So uh, we'll, uh, me and my wife will uh, find our way up there, I believe, for one or the other or both of those. Um, all right, Tom. Well, we're gonna get moving forward, and also just know. Once we take you off the line, if we're going to begin a more open discussion about uh, some of our activities. If any of you folks want to uh, join in the conversation and you're already sitting on hold listening to the show, just hang up and call back and let them know that you want to talk, okay? So um, thank you so much. The amazing Tom Corby up there with his lovely wife Donna, Doc Allen, and some of the others. Um, love the Happy Hill Gang. Uh, NorCal Chapter rocks. We'll talk to you guys real soon.
2: All right. Thank you to Joe and Coffee Party Radio and Becca.
1: Uh, and
2: don't forget to breathe.
1: <laughs> I will not forget to Thank breathe. You. All right. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to start sort of a new segment, and this is um, what we've been talking about doing for a little while. We're going to have sort of a, a little roundtable discussion. We're going to bring up uh, Nurse Julie from uh from Nevada, and she's going to tell us a little bit, little bit about the American Cannabis Nurses Association and some of the things that they do, and hopefully we're going to uh, create a bit of an alliance, a partnership, and find ways to help each other out and help the world out a little bit better. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to bring up Kathy Z, one of our board members. Kathy, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Joe.
1: And then we've nice got to Becca be Nichols. Here. It's good to have you. We have Becca Nichols, our... Treasurer, Executive Director, and all-around amazing creature who helps me in so many ways and helps the human solution be what it can be. Becca, welcome to the show. I know you're there. Oh, hey.
4: I didn't know if I was (laughs) going to hear you. I was trying to take my phone off mute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then we have our Vice President, Lisa Wooldridge, sitting here with me and uh, joining the conversation.
4: Oh. And then we're
1: going to go ahead and start the conversation with Nurse Julie. Um, and we were talking at our uh, our director's meeting this yesterday morning um, about um, Dolores, who had come on our show last – well, she's been on our show several times, but she was talking very specifically about uh, the American Cannabis Nurses Association. And, you know, Dolores has this whole – form ninety five way to uh, sue the federal government we talked about that last week and um, she was talking about how important it is to bring some experts into the team and and you know this this cannabis nurses association is just a perfect um, fit you know as we're going around empowering people to stand up and fight their cases doesn't matter if you're if you have uh recreational medical both um, there's always court cases I have never found a courtroom in America that I could sit in and spend a day in and not find a pot case, and it doesn't matter. In Colorado, I've done it. In Washington, I've done it. I've done it a lot. In California, I've done it in Nevada, done it in Arizona, done it in about, I don't know, 10 or 12 states now. Um, and it doesn't seem to matter whether we have uh, legislation that supposedly allows this or not. The government finds a way to go after people saying, you're not doing what we said, you're doing something else. So... Again, if anybody wants to join our conversation with a question, a comment, or um, anything else, go ahead and give us a call, 646-929-2495, and uh, let us know what you want to say. So we're going to bring up Nurse Julie, and there you are. Welcome to the show, Nurse Julie. Welcome.
3: Well, hello, Joe. I haven't talked to you in quite some time.
1: How are you? It's a minute, yeah. You know, um, it's... We we have well, we've known each other for what, 3 or 4 years? It's been a it's been a minute. Oh no, it's
3: been longer than that. It's probably at least 5 years when I first met. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. Been. it's been a, it's been a couple of minutes. So, um, you know, yeah. I've watched you uh continue to grow and educate folks and uh you've been, you know, steadily doing what you've what you've what you've always done and uh, as as do we and and I think it's a good time now to have a discussion about You know, what you guys do, you have this nationwide organization now, and so do we. And, um, you know, maybe there's a way that we can uh, uh, share some common goals and and assist each other's efforts. So why don't you tell us about the American Cannabis Nurses Association, what you guys do, and how you do it.
3: Well, there's a couple organizations I belong to. ACNA, which is American Cannabis Nurses Association, (laughs) Was the first organization as I, as a professional nurse, came across when I got involved in cannabis. And you know, uh, my good friend uh, Mason uh, from back when said, "You know, you got to yes, get plugged in and, and start and start um, um, learning about the plant." And I'm like, "What is this plant?" So that was the first thing. They kind of opened Pandora's box with me, and. I started growing in our our own um, Nevada community in the fact that we didn't have safe access to the plant. We had a law for nine years, since 2001. We had a medical marijuana program, but there was no safe access. The patients had to go to the black market for it. And I said, I can't be sending my stage four cancer patients there. This is ridiculous. So I got involved in legislation uh, locally and at the state level, and through that, um, a friend of mine introduced me to ACNA, um, Marcy Cooper out of um, Colorado. She's another wonderful, awesome cannabis nurse, and I went to my first conference in May of 2014 through Patients Out of Time, and Patients Out of Time has been a conference that's been going on, gosh, over 20 years now, I can't believe it, uh, with Mary Lynn Mathry and Al, they're uh, phenomenal um, um, individuals. Well, Mary Lynn Mastery is the one who originally established American Cannabis Nurses Association, ACNA. And at that conference for the first time, I was actually surrounded by myself with other like-minded nurses who were learning about the science behind the plant and knowing that we had an endocannabinoid system. And it's it's not something that's taught in our normal um, background. And ACNA was pretty much founded... To be able to bring cannabis nursing as a specialty in nursing, which we're not a specialty yet. Um, I run CannabisNursesMagazine.com. It's an educational platform that we established um, to be able to put research and education out there for nurses. And what's actually happened is not only nurses are using it, patients are getting their hands on it and taking it to their doctors and taking it to their legislators and taking it to their next-door neighbors. And really, truly educating people because I was, I was frustrated in the fact of people, my professionals, my nursing colleagues, my doctors would say, oh, Jules, there's just not enough research out there. And I'm like, well, what are you guys talking about? We've got thousands, I mean, both here nationally and worldwide of these, these research since the 1960s and the 90s and so much happening now. So Cannabis Nurses Magazine actually came to be a platform for education that's being used. So, and that's my key is I believe education is the key and the fear behind, I, I listen to you guys talk about human pollution, all these people getting um, locked up and, and it's a fear factor. I keep hearing fear in the back of it and fear can be um, dissolved with education because when you don't know about something, you fear it. So people don't come to your court cases because they're like, oh my gosh, I can't be associated with that schedule one drug yet they don't even realize the true harm and what this country has done to us as a people. So, um, hey, let let
1: us get into that for a second because that's really important. <laughs> you just said, I, I I love to give you your chance, but I, you know, I'm a I'm a bully. I got to talk too. Um, but no, what I'm saying is, is when you're talking about education, we talk about um the truth. Um initially, I can remember, you know, almost 7 years ago or over 7 years ago now. When we first formed this organization, the Human Solution, we sat at this big, long table for, I don't know, about 14 hours straight, about 20 of us, and we brought the ideas together that ultimately became the Human Solution. We were saying, well, what do we want to be about? What do we want? How do we how do we take this broad idea that brought us all here and identify the problem? And I, I, I don't know, you know, I tend to just speak off the cuff sometimes, and I said, well, but what's the problem? The problem's prohibition. We all agreed that if there wasn't prohibition, there probably wouldn't be any of these problems. And so,
4: right. identified
1: a problem. Well, why is there prohibition? And you get to the to the core of why? How did it happen that good American people accepted the idea that um, cannabis was a dangerous substance and allowed it to be categorized with the, literally the most dangerous substances on the planet? Um, And it was only because of uh, ignorance and misinformation that that could ever happen. And that's what happened. Prohibition exists because of a huge campaign of propaganda, misinformation, lies, deception, and covering up of the truth. And for several, many generations, it happened. And because we didn't live in a world that information was free-flowing like it is today, a few people controlled the flow of information and allowed it to just beat like a drumbeat, and and people's racist fears and people's ignorances and all the reasons that allowed uh, these bad laws to be accepted and passed is what still today uh, governs a lot of law enforcement, white paper actions, uh, legislation, and and, and fear of regularly otherwise good people. Um, And the answer is you've got to give them the truth. Just give them The unabashed truth about this situation, about the plant, about its effects, its potential problems, its potential solutions, just give it the pure, unabashed truth. And then give the pure, unabashed truth about prohibition and what it does and how the harms and the benefits it does. And if people could just see those things without the filters and the propaganda and the 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 fake news and the bad information, <laughs> I believe we wouldn't have a problem at all. So how do you guys specifically um, go about educating people, and what are, what are your education points? You know, Human Solution, we, we specifically talk about, you know, prohibition and, and people's rights as a juror and people's rights as a, as a defendant and, and the, as, a as a patient, as a person, as a citizen – and, and, and we try to empower people with their rights and teach people about how it became illegal and why it's illegal, and it's not because of its danger to society, but because of a few greedy bastards who thought that it was going to take away their livelihood, and, and to this day it continues. So what do you guys focus on as far as you know, your plan to educate people and, and, and take away their fears?
3: Well, that's a really good question, Joe, and uh, that's why I am where I am today. um, Never would I thought. I was a, just say no, Nancy Reagan, uh, brainwashed child. Um, I never even consumed cannabis for, gosh, until I was 40 in 2010 when I met Mason, of all people. And um, it's changed my life. And it had healed me. I was actually um, physically unable to work, and cannabis has truly changed my life. It's been able to give me my life back and everything else. And I'm thinking, my gosh, if this has worked for me, it's been such a, a moving um, experience. How do we get the message out there? So I, as a nurse, when we – and we have had patients constantly coming to us saying, hey, I'm using medical cannabis. How, what strain do I use? Um, what, what's the best um, mode for my health, and which route do I take it? And we didn't have the answers. So what we as um, – I went out into the nation – And I went into American Cannabis Nurses Association, and a few of us nationally kind of came together and gathered and started saying, okay, how can we get this information out more readily available? One of them is through, yes, ACNA, American Cannabis Nurses Association, but they're more the the global network that has to abide by the the ANA guidelines, American Nurses Association, who gives them credentialing. So we're not quite there yet, and it, believe it or not, with holistic nursing, which is now a recognizable um, um, uh, nursing specialty, it took them over 12 years to be able to get accredited, and we have a long fight ahead of us, because it still is a Schedule One drug, it's not going to go anywhere. And we truly believe as nurses, we don't want it to go to a Schedule 2. We honestly believe and wholeheartedly believe it needs to just be decriminalized, period. It would solve all There you go. Well,
1: that's how we get along so well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Amen to third, that Schedule one. 2 or even Schedule 3 will make it worse than better.
3: Oh, no. Schedule 2 is going to be, you think we have it bad now, we just keep it in Schedule 1 until they get their, their, um, their education together and realize we need to bring it back to the people. Okay, this plant was put on the earth. So as nurses, when we have our patients coming to us, and they're like, well, we have no access for it. We don't know how any education. We as nurses, it's our duty to be that advocate for the patient and find a solution. And that's what we're doing. We, uh, nurses across the country are leading the way. We have Shelly Cervano. And so, and, and such, we have nurses all across the country now that we have a network with. That if we have someone in Ohio, Shelly Cervano has been kicking butt in legislation. In fact, I think she's even going up to even um, um, enter and, and help their uh, state with that. We have Sue Rosen in uh, New York and New Jersey over on the West Coast has been doing are phenomenal not- things. That's well. right. And then Dan uh, Wolski, who's in New Jersey, he's uh, been fighting the fight with Governor Christie. And I hear these stories now. Now that I'm in the position, I'm the editor of Cannabis Nurses Magazine and the co creator. I'm meeting all these different nurses. I'm like, and hearing their stories. And we have so much. We're just tipping the iceberg. But I'll tell you what, nurses are leading the way in this country. Why? We are the most trusted health care provider in the Gallup polls for the last 12 years. So when we come out and we say, yes, cannabis does help with cancer, yes, it does help with children and their disabilities with their seizure activities, and people are like, oh, the children, no, no, the children need it the most, and and they respond so well to it also. So how do we get this these fears out of the way? We provide education, and that's what we're doing. So we have our platform of cannabisnursesmagazine.com, which is phenomenal for education. However, we also have a cannabis education network that we are actually doing also, where we're all over the country educating in different states. And now Kathy's come to me and says, "Hey, Jules, I know you have a background with." <laughs> With, and I used to be a scanner. i was a pediatric ER trauma nurse for many years here in, in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. And I used to do the physical and sexual assault cases. And many times uh, they would have to be called and go to court. And so I would be called to court and as an expert witness and, and do so. So believe it or not, our nurse, nurses are trained so well. And so many, there's so many other nurses out there like me that have this experience. So why not mm-hmm. cross-pollinate and help the human solution was possible. Oh, uh, now expertise. you're
1: talking my language.
3: Right. We're all about
1: colonization. But, you know, I, and, and, and what you're saying is so golden. Part of what we've been doing, and, and we're entering into this discussion on the show today, um, is, is we last year decided to create a, a legal clinic and, and not a physical office with a bunch of lawyers in it, but a self-help resource <laughs> and a, 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 a site that would allow uh, a defendant, a plaintiff, uh, a victim of, of, of child law problems, um, somebody who needed legal advice or, or was not represented or underrepresented or stuck with a public pretender, somebody who needed to have access to a, a law library, a resource that tells you, well, what do I do? How do I find this? You know, it, most people going through the legal system um, are terrified, and they don't know anything about it. It's not a place you ever want to go to unless you're making a living at it. And uh, right. they're ignorant. They don't know anything. They, all they know is the TV shows they've seen about what a jury trial is like and, you know, what a joke. It's nothing like that most of the time. Um, right. And and so part of what we're doing is we're putting together um, a, a website that has um, so you've been busted. So you had your kid took away. Um, so this, so that, and and we're gonna have a number of uh educational videos, pamphlets, uh PowerPoints, you know, that'll that'll walk you through the process. Another thing we're gonna have is uh legal documents, you know, writs and, and motions and um um you know, templates that you can say to your attorney, Hey, I think my case would allow me to file, a, you know, a pitches motion. I think that the, the cop that busted me um, has a dirty record. Can we find out? And, you know, your lawyer might not have ever brought that up, but if you hand it to him you on a silver it. platter, here's how to do it. So that's one element. But another element is is, is things like experts. And, and if you ever go to a trial, you'll find that um, the cops or the, the state or the feds um, they have a stable of experts, and guess what? They're all cops. <laughs> and they've got forensic <laughs> cops, and they've got they've got science scientists cops, and they've got you know bookkeeping cops, and they're all cops. <laughs> and then the defense is stuck with whatever experts they can come up with. Um, experts tend to be very expensive. Um, if you want to have a doctor come in and testify, typically you have to bring them out there, pay for them to be there, pay for their their testimony. And you know you're a defendant. You just got you just got raided. You had all your accounts seized. You don't have anything. It becomes right. you know you become at a at a disadvantage to say the least. And so part of what we're trying to do is create sort of a a stable of local resources that says you know here's experts on on cultivation. Uh, here's experts on extraction and, and and infused products. Here's experts on yields and dosages. Here's experts on, you know, medical use. Here's experts on X, Y, and Z. And some people can be qualified as an expert on a number of different um, specialties. And the thing that's interesting, people don't realize about a, a court-qualified expert, is that the judge actually determines who's a court-qualified expert. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you've published a book, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a degree in your expertise. What it means is that you, as an individual, have a greater experience than the common uh, layperson. And the judge would determine that your experience, it could be training, it could be a a degree, it could be um, any sort of a credential, but the judge makes that determination. When you walk into it with a nurse's license um, that's recognized worldwide as an expert in certain fields, man, what a golden, you know, you're wearing a a platinum shield there, you know. It's it's, it's pretty pretty ironclad. It would be hard to deny you as an expert in a pretty wide spectrum of, of fields.
3: Correct, correct. So how do, how do we bring this full circle and how do we make progress? That's my, I'm about solutions. So that's, okay. the, that's the next step is organizing, um, if there are, is a need for that. Um, this is one of the areas that we're looking into. We even have people that want nursing cons- consults uh, just um, with cannabis um, nurses, Knowing about the endocannabinoid system. Now, I say that word, endocannabinoid system, and a lot of people are like, what? Well, it's our 12th body system. It's like the central nervous system or the autoimmune system or the skeletal system. Um, It's a system that's been ignored and not talked about. So having experts in this area is—we're one percent of the one percenters. Okay, if you want to look at it that at that way, and um, that is our job and our goal is to create more of an awareness and to get nurses trained in cannabis therapeutics. And once and the ball's already been rolling. We have I we have nurses all across the country. Well, how do I become a cannabis nurse like you, nurse Julesy? And it's not something I just say quit your job and, you know, jump into the <laughs> cannabis and just quit the However you Keep, keep your day job but at the same time. Slowly move into it, and you can move into consulting. And there's so many different things with uh, Nature Nurse product line that that you know that are out there. And getting training in that, and educating your patients. Get whether you want to get involved in the um, magazine and and getting um, articles and experts. I talk to experts all over the country every day, and through the conferences that I attend and speak at now, and. Everyone volunteers their information. This is the most unique thing I've ever had. Um, we're kind of like grassroots, you know, magazine. And at the same time, all these experts are coming up and go, um, Ed Rosenthal, oh, Nurse Julesy, absolutely, use any of my articles or in my writings or research. Professor Raphael Makulam from Israel, same thing with him. I'm very good friends with the Israel nurses, too, in Bal and Mayan. And, the, the network that we've we've created and are still building and working on with Cannabis Nurses Network. This is another whole organization that's one of our umbrellas is getting the unity together so that nurses have a place to be able to utilize um, their talents and their education and further expand into our cannabis industry and within our patients and within the human solution and all these other organizations and, and, uh, that are the whole, uh, working machine. Cause I'll tell you what, they keep us divided state by state. Imagine if we didn't have borders and we all worked federally to get this passed, how much power we would have.
1: Well, you would have my attention. That's for sure. That's always been my, uh, you know, driving message is that until it gets changed federally, none of the states right. really matter. I mean, you know, right. it, it 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 just doesn't matter until we change the CSA. Well, you know, Becca, you're on the line right now. Um, Julie, Becca is uh, one of my. I have a couple of right hands in this world right now, and I must be left-handed because <laughs> I couldn't do it without them. But Becca is um, the 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 driving force behind our website right now and she's done the lion's share of the work in creating the uh the legal clinic and when we talk about the legal clinic it seems like it's focused on just, you know, criminal defenses or things like that but it's not it's a big self-help resource and it's it's its goal is to become uh a resource that fills a giant vacuum out there you know what if there was a place you could go to and find um you know uh a cannabis nurse, a uh, an attorney, a, a, a paralegal, uh, you know, name your need, and you could go to this resource and find one in your area. Um, so, Becca, what do you think about, um, you know, finding the most comprehensive way to include uh, what Julesy and the, the two associations bring to this? Um, and as, as we're, you know, building this, you know, we started out in California, but we're You know, it's a nationwide effort, and so some of the resources we put in there are not going to be regional at all, and other ones, you know, as as we're able to build out resources for every state that we'll be able to, or even region, you know, you brought up five or six different areas where you have a strong point. Um, It would be good to, um, you know, include uh, those resources, and we could start a hub, you know, from that. You know, we've got Michael Minardi from Florida who is, you know, doing medical necessity defenses all across the country right now, and he's also one of our, um, you know, uh, our advocates, and we're his. So, um, and and as we're building this, I believe we're going to start drawing the attention of other professionals that recognize the value of standing together.
3: No, that's a really good point. And Michael Minardi in Florida is phenomenal. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him in August um, when I went out there. We were doing some filming for some Nurse Talk episodes. And Michael was one of our um, guest speakers. And I'll tell you what, he's doing phenomenal work in Florida. So, how do, we, how do we get these key people? And we got the attorneys, start putting them on a list and just and putting them on a map. Even if we have to put everybody a pin, a different color, where's the nurse in Washington State or Oregon or California or Nevada or Arizona New Mexico? Where are key attorneys in those areas also? So when cases come up, we can go and go, ding, 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 here we go. We have something going on in Ohio. Let's get Shelly Cervano on it, law nurse, and whoever's the closest attorney to that, and then utilize those resources that way. Um, I could see this... Networking and um, and progressing Into a wonderful thing We have so many people out there as they're learning About cannabis for the First time and I say this for the first time Because when I heard about Marijuana and cannabis it was such a taboo For me as a kid and I was I feared it I stayed away from it my parents If I got in trouble I was going to get in Grounded for life you talk about A life sentence when your father or mother <laughs> and,
1: and, and, <laughs> and I Was going to go on Permanent <laughs> record Oh, crap. And, seriously,
3: and it was more off of guilt and shame is how they ruled us sometimes, you know, with religion. But um, coming oh, yeah. full circle, how do you break those barriers? Because um, I, was a, I, would, I should never have been a nut to crack. I was not crackable. But somehow I'm now on the other side, and I am a huge driving force with the nurses, com- nursing community nationally and worldwide. So how do we how do we get this um, how do we build the bridge to um, create that change in these other states? So we're on board. Um, I well, I haven't even had a chance. Kathy Z just called me yesterday, so I haven't even <laughs> had a chance to talk to my other nursing colleagues. I'm like, well, that's Joe for sure. He doesn't waste any time. <laughs>
1: well, I'm kind of hey, funny that, that, that way, way. and I got it. we we have an incredible uh, leadership team now. Um, our board is as strong as it's ever been, if not more. And, you know, we're, we're focusing our efforts. You know, it, it's difficult because we, we came up out of a grassroots effort uh, to support defendants and then and then prisoners. But very few people are willing to stand up and take their case to trial. And even know right. that when that happens, we're there for them. But there are very few people that do that. And so we say... I don't want to sit around waiting for somebody to uh, take their case to trial. And even those that are willing, you know how these cases drag on for years. My case took six years. Shelby's case is going on five, Um, you know, and then so many of these cases. So I said, what can we do, you know, as an ongoing legacy, building something that, you know, God forbid something happens to me or any of us that it just keeps going, and this is it. You know, it's always been about unity in the community, bringing the best and brightest together, you know, making the change. You know, uh, Abraham Lincoln's famous statement, at least to me, with public sentiment anything is possible. And without it, nothing's possible. And you think about that and you go, well, we can do this, you know? And, <laughs> and the cannabis community is so fractioned and fractured and, and all these little teeny, you know, mini groups everywhere. And I'd say, well, that's fine. Keep your mini-group, but let's come together for a purpose. And this is a purpose that I think we can come together. Power um,
3: power in numbers, Joe, power in numbers.
1: Exactly. It's the answer. You know, we we got 320 million of us, you know. (laughs) Who can stand (laughs) up to that?
3: Imagine if we all stood up at the same time. Imagine that. Exactly. And it can can happen at any time. So I'm I'm willing to and wrangle the nurses any way you need. Um, we, I am a true supporter of the human solution. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. I still need, I want to bring I just mention because my, my business partners um, Heather Manis and Kenny Sobel um, they've done a tremendous amount of work in Arizona and they add a lot of the qualifying conditions to the Department of Health. Um, and they've helped a lot of different people testifying, a lot of their own time, a lot of money. Uh, it's just ridiculous how these individual states are really just chopping us at the chopping block. Um, but there are warriors. Arizona is brutal,
1: bring... even even though they have a law. Um, I mean, I can remember going to uh, Paula Huff sentencing and just the the, the horrors that go on. Even the, somebody following their own law ends up locked up. Um, you know, it's it's it, we need all of the reinforcement we can get. Um, I am Absolutely. so looking forward to working with you guys. Um, I, I see a, a huge potential. I'm a big picture guy. As anybody who knows me <laughs> um, has probably been frustrated about because I'm always off to the next place. But the truth is, this is the next place, and right. I I see this conversation, uh, um, and I go. This is it. It's right. What you've been working at and what we've been working at are entering each other's orbits, and we can help each other accomplish the thing that we both want. So um, let's let's plan on opening this dialogue up. Um, I'll give you a couple of days to um, get a hold of some people. But as you know, a couple of days probably means a couple of days. I'll probably get, get with you before the weekend's out, and let's see where <laughs> we're at. And Becca? Absolutely. Um, I think if we can uh uh create that I think that map is a good idea, even if it does if it only has a few pins on it. We had a we had a a feature like that with our chapters at one point. I think it's a plug in, mm-hmm. but let's figure out. There's a there's a no I will
3: a, uh, re- I, I will figure it out because that's a great idea having it all on a map like that.
1: Right. And and, and that you way, mean, you know, um like yeah, it it will be a simple solution I think. And then uh Julie if you can uh message me any information that you want us to put up initially. We'll just put up initially we start up in our in our resources section of this. Um, forward me anything that you want us to put up, including your website and everything, um, and then we'll go from there and, and we'll build on it.
3: Okay, that sounds great, Joe. And uh we still have to catch up and have a one on one too. It's you and Liz, I, you're always in the back of my mind when I drive through El, near Elsinore. Oh, I know you're. It's um. I you miss you come guys. By I love what you're doing. Uh, no, I want I want to bring some of my nursing colleagues over to see what you guys are doing and what you're up to because you have a sanctuary over uh, there. You
1: have, yeah, we've been making a lot of progress in a lot of ways. You know, before you go, um, I wanna I wanna mention you brought up um a name Mason a couple of times and I had the. Experience of of meeting Mason at, at probably just before his darkest time, and um, it was it was really quite a quite an experience because he was somebody who had been uh, providing medicine to people for a long time, and uh, he had just gotten busted, and um, he came out to my place in hopes of you know finding some answers and. And, and, you know, uh, information about what to do. And, you know, he was terrified. And I can remember, um, you know, the conversation I had with him. And um, it, it was so difficult because, you know, my position is I know what works, but it's not easy. It's, it's probably the hardest thing that you could ever do is to be right. stripped vulnerable and stand up naked and find a stick or a rock and be willing to, step up against a giant monster, and that's what you have to be able to do. And that's why I have such a deep respect for anybody who's willing to do it, because I know that monster. I know what it's like. I know how hard it is and how terrifying it is and and how if you have people standing with you, it it can make it possible and it can make it happen, and I've watched that happen. And and ultimately, Mason, uh, you know, took his own life. And it was very difficult to hear that news um, knowing that, you know, I think he could have beat his case. Um, but at the end of the day, that exemplifies why this is so important because it these kind of things happen more often than anybody realizes. Um, I've known a number of cases, didn't know the people, didn't necessarily have them sit in my living room, but knew of the cases where the people were – uh, so traumatized by the experience of being raided, and it's like being raped. I mean, I've never been oh, raped in yeah. the classic the word, but I have been forced to, you know, bend over, and, and a flashlight got shined up my butt, and I know what that's like. And it's the most degrading, dehumanizing, helpless spot you could ever be in. And and um, I, 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 most people. Don't have much of a stomach for that. And it could be so terrifying that you would never want to go back to it. Uh, They would cause somebody to, you know, especially if you already had some instability going on, um, you know, could take you to a really bad place. And and that's what this is all about. There's just no reason for our own government, our own law enforcement agencies who are supposed to be serving and protecting us uh, to cause such a, uh, a terror that would cause anybody even one per, one time to to push themselves to that so, any thoughts on that before uh, we move forward
3: well i have a lot of thoughts and it'll probably be a whole new
1: cup of joe <laughs>
3: well you know what
1: but
3: um, i'll tell you before that, we move on
1: want- i have dolores um halvin on the line as well and so I'm going to bring her up long, long too. So we got now five live mics here. <laughs> so please be careful oh, wow. of of outside noise. So we now have myself, Becca, Kathy Z, Nurse Julesy, and Nurse Dolores Halbin on the line at the same time. So, Dolores, Woo-hoo. welcome back to the show. You're always a fan, a favorite of our of our show. And as we talked about last week, um, here we are. We've moved forward. We've connected with the with the nurses, and we got Julesy here with us.
5: I know. I'm so excited, Julia. That's awesome. We've, um, I mean, this is exactly what we talked about that last week. Is the difference of having an RN and trial support. And I mean, you guys have totally thrown me back into the PTSD of the trial and the raid. And I wasn't there when we were raided. My husband was there, but uh, you know, watching his garden go out the window. I mean just watching his you know life force walk out the door and then his gun collection from his father and his grandfather and then his grandfather's oh, wow. life collection you know watching this go out I wasn't there I didn't have to experience that but it it killed him I knew I knew that day that this was going to be the death of him I just he his spirit died And it never, it didn't, you know, it rallied a few times when we'd go to rallies, you know, and we'd be around the people that are so supportive in the normal community. Right. um, You know, and and he'd kind of perk up. But, well, and it didn't help that the week that they locked us up in jail, they gave him no meds. So he had a heart attack. He had a stroke. His his stents occluded, and he, he couldn't come back from it. It just, they killed him in jail as much as they killed Kristen Floor's father in jail, um, and so many others in jail just through medical neglect. It just took my husband eighteen months to die. But uh, oh, it I'm it, sorry. it is so terrifying. It's Pandora's box. And as a nurse, I mean, when I drove by my house and saw, you know, the highway patrol, I drove until I ran out of gas. I didn't know what to do. But. I knew my career was over. My 30 year 6 6 years of college, three degrees, it, it was over as I knew it. And it is a Pandora's box and when it's all over, you know, all you have left in there is hope and that. That's what you get from the people that rally around you. So Right. Um I can get it. I mean, my husband just he didn't commit suicide. He just lost the will to live. And ultimately, um, so
1: y you're bringing up an excellent point. It's a point that we really haven't discussed on the show, but um, I believe it's a topic we should and invite uh, you know people to call in about this um it's It's a sort of a of a saying you know cannabis isn't addictive, but growing it is, and yes. I have been cultivating cannabis for more than thirty years. And I've known, you know, hundreds of people that have done the same. I've taught people how to cultivate. I've, I've, you know, consulted grows from little, you know, two plants to thousands of plants. And They're
5: like kids. You fall in love with them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and and what happens though? It's more than that, because this plant has got a, a synergy with the human spirit somehow. Yeah. And I've watched yeah. people. When I when I was running my collective, um, I taught people, you know, I always had cultivation classes at the same time, and I would watch people bring in, you know, uh, a potted plant, and, and they would literally, like you just said, treat it like a child. But there was something healing mm-hmm. about the plant, just nurturing it, just taking care of it. And it may very well be that growing any plant has that sort no. of,
4: no, this is
5: special. It, this but,
1: is really—I mean, man. this
5: is different. They've done research in Colorado yeah. with veterans where they've given them their plant, and they've done a one right. to ten stress anxiety. And by the plant, by the time the plants are two feet high, they're already showing a reduction in PTSD symptoms.
1: I agree. I agree a lot, and I think that that's something that we should have a discussion about because you know that's one of the things, though. Like you say, when you when you have something. Uh, that brings you relief, that brings you health, healing, um, that, that that adjusts you for the better, raises your vibration, whatever you want to call it. And then violently, it gets taken from yeah. you. The trauma yeah. of that would be much more so than if they just came in and took your coffee cups or whatever the heck it was, right. you know, substitute anything for that. It's a much yeah. more violent um, um, experience. Uh, than, you know, any other sort of, uh, you know, criminal arrest might yeah. be. And, I you
4: agree. know,
1: I, I, I it tears my heart to hear about your husband or, or so many of the other people that have had such a similar experience. You, you said he lost the will to live, and you just mm-hmm. think about that. You know, what does it take to remove your will to live? And this is that important. This, yes, this is, is that important. And, and I wish I wish people could experience the magnitude of it without having to experience the loss. Yeah. That's what we're here for. That's what this is about.
5: You know, before, I know I got in kind of late on the show, and I do have some good news to bring in. Um, oh, good. You know, we, we love good news. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> I'm in you know, I'm in Missouri, I'm in the four corners, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. And um Missouri we just completely bungled our chance to get on the ballot this year and so the big focus is the new ballot initiative for twenty eighteen and a lot of other states are doing the same thing, but but um Congress is in session. I mean our lawmakers are in session now in every state and in Washington D C. So this is where we need to and I butt heads with people on this. We need to bench the 2018 efforts while the lawmakers are in session and focus on the bills that they're getting ready to pass. Kansas has seven House and five Senate bills, 12 altogether. And some of them are horrible and some of them are totally to, I mean, some of them are great. But Kansas voted, well, they didn't vote, hearing on Senator David Haley from Wyandot County SB 155 Monday morning. It's a great medical bill. It allows to grow, and it went over very positively. I'm 200 miles away, and it was covered on uh, in a really positive way on the media down where I am. Um, now, Oklahoma's got a similar bill, so now they're bringing it up here in the next week. You know, for a similar reading, and there is a really, really, really good chance that in the next two weeks, Oklahoma and Kansas will both vote on having really good medical bills, and that'll just us in Missouri. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but you know what? It's, it, it, there. There's a a, a thread. Um, you know, in in my case, it was a state case, and when when I ultimately won that case It didn't set any precedent even though I had two appellate rulings in it. They weren't published So there was no case law made by my case, but you know what the prosecutors have acted differently and The same thing holds true with state legislation nearby states, right, especially uh, with similar constituents Uh, It's that public sentiment and the legislators know that when people start talking and they start demanding and they start, you know, saying yeah. this is what we want, they better start listening or they start disappearing and yeah. not, you know, in a bad way, just they don't get reelected. They go, right. you know, their, their, their careers well, can dissipate.
5: Kansas is like the most conservative backward state in the United States. And if, if Kansas actually passes this good medical bill, it's going to have the domino effect. That's course, my point,
1: and Oklahoma is not far behind. Uh, yeah, you know, and we have a big case that we're supporting—the uh, the Chris Lewandowski case—in uh, Oklahoma, and he's set to go to trial in well a month or so. And, and the um, longer
5: he can kick that can down the road, the better off he'll be because Oklahoma is coming up.
1: Exactly, and that's one of the things that you know if we can—if they're able to pass that law that. Had it been passed at the time of his case, uh, he might not have been committing a crime. That will change everything in the courtroom. It will. It
5: absolutely will. Anybody that is on trial now needs to get it postponed, postponed, postponed. Continue, continue, continue. I mean, ours, it took two years, and my husband had to die. I mean, and they still put me on trial. I couldn't believe it. When he died, they didn't drop the charges but. Um, I was well, you know, the group
1: doesn't have much compassion, I can yeah. tell you that Oh, yeah, it's just overflowing with
5: that yeah.
1: But here's the problem. thing, and this is important We, we, we just had a, a huge administration change and, and like it or not, we have an administration that is in office right now Because of the American people's uh, dissatisfaction with the government and the status quo And right. I'm not saying that... That in itself is necessarily a good thing, but there's a lot of people now getting up and being willing to go outside and say something. Now, huh? I'm not particularly impressed with the something that everybody's going out saying because I don't think they're saying much. But what if, what if a few of us. Were to organize and get that something to be a little bit more effective, a little bit more organized, a little bit more clear, uh, we could take that momentum, that energy, and direct it and cause those things to happen that we want. And, Dolores, you made a great point that there's uh, future campaigns at, at, on the horizon, yes, but what's happening now that that window is going to open and close, and if we're yeah. not on it, it's gonna yeah. be closed for till the next time, and, and well, so you know we only have so right. much energy.
3: Yes, right. So this Joe, is this Nurse Julie again. Um, in the state of Nevada, we're in our legislative session. One of the bills that we have proposed as the patients' um, group is the patient bill of rights. Now, this is the first patient, but I don't know of any other states doing this, but we as activists have actually put this in. There's a lot of other stupid bills out there to help with the recreation and making sure that all the profiteers profit, but we're still yeah, yeah, we the always, patient uh, <laughs> protecting it. And DUID right now in our state is a very serious problem. We have reciprocity, and all these tourists are going to come here. And um, uh, they're setting it at two and five nanograms is what the current state level is. So they're going to have a cash cow of all these people going to jail for DUIDs.
1: It's happened already in Washington, and it's happened in Colorado, and here we are now in Nevada. It's going to happen too. So
3: so what we're trying to do is if you're a medical marijuana patient, you need to be exempt. You should be, if you're a patient and you're law-abiding and you're within the system and you have your card, protect patient's rights. So this is a very progressive bill. And and let me tell you, our Senator uh, Tick Bloom is trying to push it through, but we have a lot of adversaries. Our governor um, is not too pleased about wanting any other bills of marijuana passed. So it's going to be a hard fight. So these next three weeks, not only am I, we're working on the national level with the nurses, I'm working locally within my state. So it is necessary. So we're also educating nurses how to become involved in their legislative process. So we do a lot more than just teach about the science behind the plan. It's it's so it's such so many moving parts. I can't even tell you Joe to sit oh down my God. And tell you everything we're doing. So um, yes we have a lot of work cut out the next um, six to twelve weeks. There's only a short window and we need we're everybody really calling have- legislators. Everyone. Win- every single one. Win- we're, we're gonna want to mimic
5: what you're doing too here? I mean, we're we're like light years behind you guys because we don't even. Missouri has a really watered-down CBD temp oil bill. Period. And I mean, my husband yeah, and I 5 to 15, <laughs> so were 15, so we're we're not we're not even you know we're still the deep south after the civil rights bill. But once we do get something, then we're going to need you guys to come in here and help us with the models to get the amendment to get a patient bill right and to do it right. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to learn everything we oh, there's can. there's no
3: necessary. Well, and it's interesting yeah. because when Arizona was coming up with putting um, PTSD as a qualifying condition in Arizona, Heather and Kenny were working on it there. Mm-hmm. Even the state was fighting about it. Well, our legislators I, picked up that same bill, copied it, and just snuck it in our legislative yeah. process. So yeah. it's just about you know sharing our homework with each other. It's the same it's brand, you know, that's
1: Exactly. A great example, um, really. That one of the things that we've always uh, tried to do with our efforts, and again, our efforts have been with organizing support for defendants, uh, uh, organizing uh, uh, information, um, dispersing uh, rallies, whatever those sorts of things that we've done. But what we've done is we've actually created templates. Uh, uh, how to do this effectively And we yeah. have oh, Literally a checklist If you're going to do court support These are the steps to take to do it effectively And it doesn't matter where you're at It'll work If you're going right. to organize a rally We have steps to take Follow that They'll they'll apply anywhere the First Amendment lives This These steps will give you a successful rally And you will not have anybody get arrested And you'll be able to get your message out as As good as possible Well I believe that this is The same kind of template You know we're not Particularly a legislative type Organization However We are An action based organization And we are um, uh, Allied with A number of other You know types of organizations So to teach people How they can take action You know you have Activists come in all shapes Sizes uh, Abilities and, And many activists Are physically disabled they're not able to get out there and march they're not able to travel they're not able to go to a um uh, to a court hearing or a rally but they are able to pick up a phone and schedule uh, a conversation with an elected official in their area they are able to teach somebody else how to do these things and there's a lot of things that people can do no matter what their abilities or skill set is and i believe you know when i was uh organizing for my trial i literally um did videos that said here's how to make a phone call to my prosecutor's office and we had somebody do it walk them through the steps this is how to do this make sure you mention these points that point this point have your bullet points ready. be prepared to answer the questions this is something that we can share all across you know all across the land and it's uh it's an effective tool
5: well, Joe, if you and Julie get together and talk more about the medical nurses, I'd like to be in on that conversation with you guys because.
1: Well, Dolores, I don't know if you knew this, but Julie and I have known each other for a lot of years. She's been over to my house. No. Um, not cool. <laughs> <I'm jealous>. <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> I still have. No, yeah, you're okay. welcome to come here. I got this
4: yeah. great place
1: yeah we've run into each other at a number of events, and yeah we've been sort of uh walking you know a little bit side by side for the last you know four or five years at least so so but now that
4: we've
1: identified this specific way that we can uh you know she was growing in 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 her uh efforts, and I was growing in mine and and you know I think it's good that we've we've come to this place that we say this is yeah. a good place that we can now. Enrich each other's worlds and 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 you know expand on our yeah. on our missions and it's just such a um, uh, symbiotic thing that we got going on here right now.
5: Well, I'm, I have I'm the excited. unique I have the unique opportunity to be having been on all sides, been the mother of a pot prisoner for five years, so I know all about that. Being in jail myself, my husband being in jail, going to court, <laughs> so I've kind of been through. It's kind of like it's almost like a clinical, <laughs> right, well, I think what we're
1: gonna do is um Julie's gonna be reaching out to a number of different people, and then I want to uh schedule a a call probably yeah. uh first to the next week, you know that'll give us yeah. you know five days or so to put it together, and then mm-hmm. let's set let's set up a call I've got a conference call that I use all the time. Yeah. Um, it's as simple as just picking up the phone and, and, and being on this sure. radio show, but it's just a private call. Um, and, you know, Becca is um, uh, instrumental in getting this uh, the website, you know, on our side of it. But the thing of it is is as we create this thing, it becomes a resource for everybody to use. And, you know, yeah. we cross-pollinate each other's resources, and that way, yeah. you know, the people that are looking for you can find us, people looking for us can find you. Right. and um you know this what happens is is your people know people that are important to this and our people know okay. people that are important to your work and it 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 becomes something that you know we become greater than each of us separately the total the of whole. each of us separately
5: i'll have my so. people call your people yeah, yeah, we have people no, now. No, I know exactly uh, what you're got saying. People. You've got people,
4: and our people have people. Yeah. woo <laughs> <That's laughs> We got nice. our people. You've <laughs> hit the 13. big time at last. <laughs> I'm people. <different>.
3: Excellent. <laughs> I love um, it. well love your people. Listen, um, Listen, yep. this is Nurse Colby. It's been a pleasure speaking with all you guys. I've got a run over on this side of town. Um, I just yep. want to say thank you. Um, Kathy Z, Nurse Kathy, you've got my contact information. We'll all get connected yep. and we are going to grow. Okay,
1: before you go, so, one last me. shout yes. out. How does anybody reach you? Thing. And, and oh, uh, just you give, give us e-
3: the best email address for me is asknursejulzy at com, And I'll spell it for you A S K N U R S E j-u-h-l-z-i-e at gmail.com
1: Beautiful. And so everybody remember this show is archived. If you didn't catch it, you can go back and listen to it again. Sorry, I think I cut you off. Go ahead.
3: No, that was it. I'm good.
1: Oh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for everything you're doing. And um. Here we are. We're just getting started. I'm right. so
5: glad to, So glad I caught up with you, Julie. That's great. No
3: problem, get Dolores. Up. I know. Well, you nurse Dolores, we've got to catch up. Don't just think you're really, uh, going to get away with really doing do. nursing we, things. You got a lot really things to be doing, and they're, you're already doing. And I could see the vision. So.
5: <laughs> Me too. I'm with you, girl. All
1: right.
3: Thanks, everyone. All right. All right. All right. All right.
1: You take care now. Thank you. All right, Dolores. um... But well, I think on, Dolores is still here. Um, I'm still here. We've only got a couple of minutes left. We're going to wrap up the show here. But I know um, you've been. Lisa Sublet was able to join us last week, and I know shortly after that she got sick. Her kids got sick. Everybody's been sick. So I didn't expect she was going to call in today. Um, but can you give us a little bit of a detail about what happened um, with that
5: with yes, that hearing? I can. Um, that the there's.
1: Long story short, um,
5: David Haley got his bill up, and what he had done is he had told the Lisa and Chris of Bleeding Kansas that, you know, he didn't really care. He wanted a medical marijuana bill. And if he had a chance to read theirs um, and, and then find out what the differences were, you know, he all mean present theirs. But this this was on a Wednesday um, Haley's bill was 22 pages long. The two tape bills, uh, are, were 87 and 55 pages long. So, you know, it just wasn't realistic. He tried. He, he's a good guy and he really tried. But his 155 is, is a really good medical bill. It did get a reading. It got a very positive response in the media. And, uh, the ACLU showed up Which it's hard to get the ACLU to show up. And they did. So um, he asked for an immediate vote, which means that they will take that into consideration. And by the end of this week, Kansas may have a really good medical marijuana bill. It is not the ones that Bleeding Kansas was supporting, that at least uh, and Chris admitted. But I, I really like David Haley. He said... Uh, look, I, I admire these women. I'll do anything for the patients of Kansas, and I'll work on amendments with them, but we got to get this passed, and then we'll figure out our differences, and we'll fix them. So I was like, hooray. So it was really good news. Lisa's still really sick. The flu that hit this part of the country has really picked down, you know, 40-year-old people. It was really good news, and uh, as soon as that hit the press, then the Oklahoma Compassionate Care Act got read in before their house the next day. So, Kansas and Oklahoma here in the next two could very possibly um, have it. And, and now, not, did
1: they uh, and did they take probative. a comment in this? Did they what? Was there any? Uh was there any public comments or testimonials or anything allowed from the floor?
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And David Haley has done his homework. He had uh, he had a lot. Of, I wish I would have known about it sooner, but he had a lot of testimonials. And like I said, he actually got the ACLU in there. He had right. the, um, yeah, he he did his homework and presented 60 testimonials. And, uh, yeah, he worked really, really hard on it. So, He's one of those guys that you know we need to give a gold star to, and that's another thing we've got to work on, Joe is we got to work on thanking the guys in the lawmakers in the different states we we've got to get together a a pitting a and left let's do a little
1: project to to bring attention to lawmakers like out here in California. Yes. we have Dana Rohrbacher, who's actually yes. a Republican um from Orange County who has yes. submitted uh, an, a brilliant bill. Um, that's, been, that's died in committee once, and it's I think it's still in committee right now or just died again, but it's the Respect States Marijuana Law Act of 2013 and then 2015, and now hopefully he'll put something in for 2017. Yeah. But um, it's a simple, it's like five lines, and all it does is it changes the Controlled Substances Act to uh, to read except in states that allow this for XYZ um and right. that's it it's the simplest law in the world and that's what we need um we you know we don't need 400 page laws we don't need 80 no, page no, laws we need, a, we need we need, we need we one, need one paragraph and uh-huh. yeah and, and that's what this was so um i think it's important that maybe we do a little a little project that says you know let's look for the let's look for the um representatives that are yeah. worth our support. And, Fine, you know, the I mean, in the, no,
5: thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, and, and that's part of the thing. You know, our group is the human solution. Okay, and it's uh-huh. easy to point out problems. Problems are everywhere, yeah. they're all around us. They're the easiest thing yeah. to find. Solutions are not. And being positive yeah. and um, yeah. uh, expressing gratitude is, uh-huh. is a huge part of a solution oriented existence. So I, I think that's a fantastic idea. Much as we don't specifically support legislation as a 501c3 organization, we can certainly support legislators and say thanks yes. for doing a good job. You know, there's yeah, nothing wrong with that support. There's
5: a letter that goes out to uh, every one of them. So we set up something on the Human Solutions website where if you've got a senator from any fifty states doing a good job or a congressman, you know, Send their name in, and we'll send them a gold star. You know, I got a whole bunch of gold stars. um, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Fantastic idea! Hang on a second, (laughs) Becca's back up. Um, Let me put you back on live again. Becca, did you catch that that Dolores just brought up? Becca.
4: Becca.
1: Oh, we may have lost her again. All right. Well, anyways, um, I think.
5: Well, it's a good idea, Joe. We need to work on it.
1: No, it is a good idea. Um, Here's what we got, Dolores. In fact, I'm going to give it to you a simple task. Um, We have a new blog site up on our website that allows anybody to post their thoughts, ideas, whatnot. Why don't you give me two paragraphs that describe exactly what you said, and I'll get it published up on the website, Then we can share that around and turn it into a project. Absolutely, I I will
4: commit
5: to that I will commit to that And I will work with Nurse Julie To continue to get this nursing court support Because that, you know It would have made a big difference For me to get a not guilty plea I could still go out and get a job as an RN
1: Of course That would have been
5: cool Now I I will get a job as an RN in cannabis nursing But, you know An income here the last few years Would have been really sweet
1: (laughs) My no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, we're... Yeah,
5: big deal. Big deal. Big deal. Well,
1: I, I'm excited. This is what I was hoping we were going to be able to do with this show, is, is turn it into, uh, you know, a, a, a living conversation with people that wanted to uh, move our mission forward, and I think that's what we're doing right now. Um, and that's yes, what makes are. it all worthwhile. And, you know, when you listen to Craig Cecil calling this... <laughs> Indiana, um, looking to us for hope, this is the kind of stuff that gives it to them, and this is the kind of stuff that tells us we're doing the right Mm -hmm. thing, all so very worth it. Well, folks, we are at the end of the show once again, and I want to thank uh, Dolores, and Julie, and Kathy, and uh, Lisa, and Becca, and uh, everybody else who participated, Tom Corby, of course, and I want to... And, of course, Craig Cecil and the rest. Um, and we will talk to you again next week.
0: Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson
2: Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant.
4: Little
0: things I should have
3: said and
0: You were always on my